Again, I am so thankful and honored to be here with every single student. I was able to talk to a few kids. I want to talk to all of you at some point this week. So find me, find my wife. We want to get to know you guys. We taught a neat game to a couple of kids just this afternoon on the basketball court called Two Bounce. Caden, Slayton, and Heavenly. I don't know where y'all are at, but you can find them. They know the game. They can teach y'all. But what an awesome camp this is. Listen, the leadership here is incredible. They put in a lot of work from music all the way down to the really small details. That's what makes this camp great. That's what makes it awesome for you guys. I'm just honored to be a part, to be here tonight with every single one of y'all. Tonight I want to speak for just a few moments on this idea, made simple. Made simple. Now I know that everyone's already out of school, okay? And we're not really here to like learn anything new. We, we learn enough at school, things that we, we don't know a whole lot about. We learn how to, how and why things work the way they work through school. We learn that one plus one is two. Hopefully you know that by now. If you haven't already, you'll learn that Y equals MX plus B, whatever that means, slope or something. There's something in there like that. But we go to school to learn more about stuff. And so I know that this is not gonna be popular because you're out of school and summer is all about forgetting what we just learned the last nine months. But tonight, yeah, whoo, yeah forget everything. <laughs> I'm gonna teach you a little something tonight though, real quick, just for a few minutes. It's like we're gonna be in science class, so pay attention, take notes. Listen to this. All matter has an internal property of energy. This energy is related to the electrons traveling in orbits around the nucleus of atoms. Anyone lost yet? As the electrons change orbital levels, energy is either emitted or absorbed. For example, if we were to burn a sheet of paper tonight, energy would be given off, which we would see as a flame, fire. The matter in the filament of a light bulb emits light when an electrical current excites it. The term that you and I use for emitting energy from matter is called radiation. And radiation is often referred to as electromagnetic radiation because the emitting energy has both electrical and magnetic properties. Told you, it's science class. The emitted energy is transmitted at a wavelength determined by the nature of the matter and the forces that are acting upon that energy. And the human eye can only detect a small range of wavelengths of radiation. And what our eye is able to detect is called light. Everyone say light. Light. Light is produced either through natural or artificial means, such as with the sun or a light bulb, respectively. 
Visible light in its simplest forms is a release of energy in the form of a packet of electromagnetic radiation which is perceived by the human eye as everyone say light. This packet of energy or what could be called a photon is released when excited electrons return to stable orbits, emitting energy as they make that transition from unstable to stable. This is part of the quantum mechanics theory of light. Who has heard of that before? Yeah, neither, neither did I. This part of this theory, it deals with light interactions at a very small atomic level. Light is a particle that behaves like a wave. This is known as the duality of light and is one of the more enigmatic properties of light. These are words that I don't even know what they mean, but this is what I read. This is what they tell me. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, neither the electromagnetic wave theory nor the quantum theory correctly explains the behavior of light at all levels. Both theories, in reality, are needed to describe this phenomena that we call light. Something that we take for granted. Something that we walk into a room and flip the switch. Something that we walk outside and we're blinded by that thing in the sun that is so bright. So we put on our sunglasses, something that we take for granted. This thing called light is so complex when you begin to understand exactly how the process works for it to take place. There are even multiple theories that attempt to explain light, but neither theory by itself presents a complete argument. And so while there are nuances, while there are different things within the theories that are needed, that maybe even take away from one or the other theory, both are needed to really explain how complex this thing called light is. Even scientists today, after studying light for a long period of time, they totally agree that this is exceptionally complex, that light is very difficult to understand. The process that which things go through to produce this simple thing called light. The process is so complex. It is unable to be easily understood. As I went through tonight and began to explain how light works, if you're anything like me, you probably lost a little bit of interest because you don't really care about the electromagnetic radiational wave theory I don't know what that means, but it's so complex. It's difficult to understand. The things that happen for light to be produced is so difficult. But yet, we read in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. Everyone say light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. 
scientists are unable to fully explain it. There are multiple theories that attempt to even try to grasp the concept of what light is. Our brains get disinterested, they get twisted in a knot as we hear about how and what things have to take place for light to happen. But yet when God desired the result of light, all it took was a word from the mouth of our almighty God. The only thing that it took was him to look past all of the, uh, the complex things that go into producing light. All that God has to do is to look past all of the difficult things to understand what produces light. And God made light simple. God just very simply said, let there be light. And immediately, light happened. He did not begin to ask for photons to go into motion to create this electromagnetic radiation. God did not ask for things to move at certain wavelengths so that our human eye would be able to detect this thing called visible light. He did not speak and convey for his request of these electrons to go from an unstable to a stable state to produce what we call light. But we see that when God desired something, when God desired light, he looked past all of the complex processes and it was made simple. As simple as it is for us to walk over to the wall and flip that light switch so that light comes into that dark room that we're definitely afraid of because we need a night light, because we can't deal with darkness. As simple as that is to flip on the light, we don't have to worry about what goes into producing that light. All we know is that when we flip it on, it happens. And for the very first time, for light to even be created, God did not walk through the process. God did not sit down with the photons. God did not sit down with all of these things and say, all right, now you do this so that this happens. And when this happens, now you guys, you've got to go from unstable to stable. And, and this is how it's all going to go down. But at the spoken word of our God's mouth, he just simply said, let there be light. And as soon as he said that everything knew what had to be done, Everything yielded to the command of God's voice. And light was produced because of the command that came from the almighty God's voice. God possesses such a supernatural command that even the most complex processes immediately take place without a detailed explanation of how God wants it to happen. When God speaks and says, I need light, everything obeys and it happens. When God's voice begins to go forth and to say that I need this or I need that or I need something to change here and I need this to go back to being normal. When God begins to speak, things are made simple because he doesn't concern himself with the small nuances, with the details of what it takes for that to happen. When he speaks, he just expects for it to be done. Our God is comfortable in the complex things because he has the unique ability to look past the complex and only focus on the result. 
as God begins to speak into our lives, as God begins to say that you're called to do this or you're called to do that, or as God begins to speak to you and say, you need to teach a Bible study to this person or you need to go to this person and witness to them about what's going on in their life. When God begins to speak, he just simply expects it to happen. Because as he speaks, we need to understand that God does not speak to the process, but rather he speaks to the result of what he wants. Our God is never confused by the complex things that this world presents us. Our God is not intimidated by what it takes to make things happen. Our God is not concerned about whether or not what he wants is going to work out. All through scripture we see that God only speaks to what he wants instead of what it takes to get it done. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus simply said, peace be still. And all the water, the storm, the weather completely yielded to his request. He didn't say, I need this thing to go away. I, I, I want the waves to slow down. I want the wind to stop coming from this direction. He just simply said, peace be still. And because God requested and commanded for it to be done, it was made simple and it was done. John chapter 11 Lazarus come forth, a man that had been dead for days. Today, medically, there's absolutely no way that he could ever come back to life. But when God stepped on the scene, when God requested Lazarus come forth, everything took place, everything happened to make sure that it happened. Rise up and walk. Be healed. Be made whole. Things that are impossible to explain. When our God shows up, it is made simple. God has the unique ability to take things that we perceive as being so very difficult to happen and make them simple. Just at the sound of his voice. He looks past what we say, nah, this is going this, this to prevent me from witnessing to that person. Or you know what, this has happened in my life. Or this decision I made that has set me back and, and I can't do it. But let it be very clear tonight that when God shows up and whatever it is that you think is going to prevent you from fulfilling the call of God in your life, that God had a simple command of his voice, can take all of those complexities, all of those difficult things out of your life, and it can be made simple. Similar to the call for light during creation, from the voice of our God, his voice is very similar to you and I tonight. Revolving around the same idea of light, we see in Matthew chapter 5, and verse 14, the words of our God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, when he just simply says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Now you have to understand the audience that Jesus was speaking to. You have to have a little bit of background knowledge to know the type of people that he was saying this to. 
They understood that this world was so dark and that they needed a truth about this man named Jesus Christ. God coming from heaven, wrapping himself in flesh. They knew that this world, drenched in sin, needed this light. And when God spoke to them and said, you are the light of this world. Men and women, boys and girls, who had made bad decisions, who faced things in the home that they thought disqualified them. Men and women who really did not know the full truth yet at this point of who Jesus Christ was, but yet here they are being told, you are the light of the world. In Genesis chapter one, God spoke and brought light to a place of complete darkness. But tonight, God is speaking to us to do something very similar. I need you to be the light. In a world that is far away from me, in a world who barely knows who I am, he said, I need you. I need the junior hires of Arkansas. I need the boys and girls. I need the people that are sitting in this place tonight. I need you to be the person who takes the light of truth into your schools, into your work, into the place to where you speak to people. I need you to take the light of the world. I need you to take it into this very dark place. I need you to teach a Bible study. I need you to speak words of truth with love so that someone that is experiencing pain in their lives that you speak to on a daily basis when you walk the hallways of your school, I need you to speak that truth to that friend so that they can know the love and the opportunity for salvation that's only found through the cross. I need you to be the light of the world. As difficult as it may seem, even though you may think that there's a lot of things that you have to do before you can ever do anything for, like that for God. God looks past all of it. Even though you think you have to do this or to do that, even though you may think that you have to be five years older, God speaks to all of us right now. And God is telling us and speaking to us, I don't care what you think has to be done before he can do something for me. I don't care what you think has to happen. I, I, it doesn't matter what you think is on the laundry list, what you think you have to check off the list before he can do something for me. God is saying as a junior hire, I need you starting right now, tonight, on night two of junior high camp to become the light that brings light to this dark and dying world. To your friends who don't know Jesus Christ, to those who have never heard the message of the cross, I need you to be the light of the world. 
It doesn't matter how complex you think that may be. It doesn't matter what you think you have to accomplish before you can ever take step into ministry and evangelism to make sure that there are people at your school that are saved. God looks past all of those things and he just simply says, you are the light of the world. He didn't say you're going to be. He didn't say you will be after you do this, this, and this. But after you receive the truth, after you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, after you've experienced salvation, after you've taken care of yourself, you, yourself, you immediately become the light of the world. Everyone said, I am the light. As a junior high camper tonight, you don't need to be concerned about how you're going to get it done. We get so wrapped up in the details that we lose sight of what God is calling us to do. Well, I've got to grow up a little bit before I can do something for God. Or you know what, I, I, haven't, I haven't been in church my whole life. Maybe it's just been a few weeks, a few months. Maybe this is your first encounter with God tonight, this week at junior high camp. I'm not qualified yet. I don't know enough. I've made too many mistakes. I've got to clean up my mess first. I've got to backtrack a little bit and make sure that the decisions that I've made in my past, that those are all taken care of, that I've overcome all of that stuff. I can't do it before I take care of all of that. I've never taught a Bible study before. I've never even invited someone to my youth service. I've never invited someone to church. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you're thinking in your mind, man, I've never even talked about God to anybody. I can't fulfill this call. I can't take the light into this dark world. It's easy for us to get caught up in the how. How are we going to talk to our friends about God? We get too caught up about how we're going to do it rather than just doing it. Because when God says you're the light, it is a call it is a command from the voice of God that is just simply saying, I've got something for you to do, not in the future, not two years from now, not 10 years from now. God is not saying that I want you to be involved in evangelism at your school or at your college when you get there. I, I, I don't want to wait until that point. I need you right now. I need you right now. God did not set up and design a specific form, formula for you to follow and complete before becoming the light of the world. He just made it simple and stated, right now, you are the light of the world. Don't be distracted as to why you think that you can't or why you shouldn't 
or how it's going to look or how people will respond. Those are the details that will work themselves out because our God doesn't want us to be concerned about how. He only wants us to be concerned about the fact that he desires for us to go and to do it. Often we hear that God wants us to help reach our friends who are not in church. Your student pastor, your pastor, those that stand at a pulpit will regularly talk about how we've got to reach the lost, how we've got to invite people to church, how we've got to share the truth at the cross, to share the opportunity of salvation, how we have to plant that seed. And the moment that we hear that, that someone stands in this pulpit and says that God wants you to win souls. The moment that is spoken, the enemy begins to work and the excuses begin in our minds. I've, I've got complexities. I'm, I'm too complex. There, there are way too many moving parts before I can even do this. I myself have failed. I'm weak. I'm not able to do it. I don't even know a whole lot about God. I haven't spent enough time in the Word of God to really know what to say to someone who's in pain, to really know what to do when someone comes to me and asks why I live differently, why I look differently, why I live a life that is separated and different from anything that they've ever seen. I don't know how to do that. I struggle with depression. How am I supposed to talk to someone? about their problem when I, myself, have not yet been able to overcome my problem. My family is a train wreck. People around me, they don't believe in me. I don't have the confidence, I don't have the boldness to start a Bible study. We respond to God's call and we just say to God, it seems too easy, it seems too simple because I'm too complex and this is why I can't do it. God's call for us to be light in a world where darkness rules is not a call of how we are going to be fixed before we get to be the light or how we're supposed to do it or what has to happen first but rather God's call is speaking to the result of who he wants us to become. Because when God begins to speak, when God begins to move, when God begins to call to every single junior hire here at this camp this week, he is not speaking to the process, but rather he is simply speaking to the result of who you are to become. Last night we talked about the promise. We talked about how God has a very specific call for each and every single student here at this camp this week. And the reality is that soon after that service, whether it was a call to ministry, whether it was a call to begin a Bible study at your school, whether it was a call to step out in worship and lead the entire church when you get back on Sunday morning into a dynamic environment of worship that started with us stepping outside of our comfort zone. As soon as that happened, we began to question. We began to think about how we're going to do it, what has to take place. We began to think in our minds, what's the process going to look like so that this can take place? We get too consumed 
about the details when the reality is if it came from the mouth of God, as difficult as it may seem, as impossible as you may think that it will be for you to reach your friend who's struggling, God makes it very simple. And he wants you to know that the call that was placed on your life last night, the call for each and every single student in this place to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost here this week at Junior High Camp, he's gonna make it very simple and he's just going to let you know tonight that none of the stuff that you think matters, none of that stuff matters because when God's voice commands it, he's speaking to what is going to happen, what he expects to happen. Yeah, come on, that's it. God wants to build someone's confidence tonight that says that you can go back home and you can change your school. God is trying to raise the faith of a student in this house tonight that when they go back to their church, even those that believe that you can't do it, that you can go back and you can be the worshiper that God has called you to be. God is trying to raise someone's faith tonight to say that even though you've tried to avoid starting a Bible study at your school for years, that you can go back and start it, that you can witness, that you can see your entire circle of friends be at youth service in just a matter of weeks because you had the confidence and the faith to know that my God said that I can save the lives of my friends so I'm going to go back I'm going to make it very easy I'm going to make it simple because God's voice commanded it to be so in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 through 10, we read, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in difficulties, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. What does that mean for us tonight? Essentially, what the words are speaking from these verses to us tonight, that when you feel like you can't do it any longer, God is going to give you what you need to make it happen. When it seems absolutely impossible that you can fulfill the call of God in your life, God is going to make it happen. When you think that the situations that surround you on a daily basis seem too much to handle and you don't know how you're going to overcome them, you don't know how you're going to combat it, you don't know how you're even going to wake up to face the next day, God is going to take care of it all because when God calls and places a purpose upon our lives, there will be no roadblock, there will be no person, there will be no situation that can hold you away from fulfilling the will and the command of God's voice. God does not want us to get caught up in the checklist, the when, the how, and the where. God just wants to make it very simple for you tonight. You are the light of the world. You have a calling that was placed on your lives for your life to be changed, for you to make a difference in your school, at your church, in your city, and the people that you come into contact with. God has something great for you to do. 
to talk to your friends, to start the P7 Club, to invite someone to church. When you know that someone is struggling with a situation in their life, to be able to reach out to them and tell them that God has something better for them. There's no formula that we have to follow. There's nothing that we have to do that says we've got to do this before we can begin to be productive and fulfill the call of God's will in our life. God's will is this. Everything's going to take care of itself. If you come to church, if you read your Bible, if you pray, if you support your pastor, your youth pastor, if you submit to ministry, if you submit to authority, if you, if you do all of those things and you just offer yourself to God, whatever it is that I can do today, all the details are going to work themselves out because God just wants to make it very simple for you to fulfill the will that he has called you to. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Once again, God overlooks the details, almost ignoring the process of, of how it's going to happen, and he made it simple, and he just said, go. Don't worry about where. Don't worry about how. Don't worry about what you have to say. Jesus just said, go. Do it. Because without you, without me, without the person sitting next to you, the people that God wants to save and lead them to the cross, it can't happen without us. As you stand tonight, there's a girl in our youth group She came from a very difficult background. Her, her family was fractured. Her parents divorced. Her mother suffered from terrible health problems. And at a young age, her mother passed away. She lived in Texas. Because her mother passed away, because she didn't have a relationship with her father at all, she was forced to move to all places, to Barberton, Ohio, to live with her grandmother. Again, her grandmother never being involved in church, never really having a relationship with God herself, Caitlin was just kind of shifted around to different people, never really established good relationships with anyone. She found herself at school, and she would sit in the corner, and, and she would not interact with anyone. She didn't have any friends. She kind of kept to herself. She didn't talk very much. She combated some things in her mind that she could not get over. Until one day, a guy by the name of Perry, a boy who was in our youth group, identified her as being someone who just didn't have any friends. And so Perry walked up to Caitlin, sitting in the corner of the classroom one day, and just began to talk to her. And conversations led to talking about God. And Perry, you, you've got to understand, he's, he's a little backwards. He's a little odd. He's a little bit different of a guy, but he's, he's a great guy. But just going up and talking to someone, it's not his thing. And so Perry began to talk to Caitlin. They began to form a friendship, and 
it revolved really about conversations about God. And Perry knew that she struggled with some things, obviously, because she didn't have any friends. She kept to herself. And so one day, Caitlin said, hey, you know what? I've kind of been going to this church. Why don't you come with me, Perry? And Perry's like, well, you know, I, I go to this church. I, I think you I think you really like it. Why don't you come to church with me? Caitlin obliged. She came to a youth service. There at that service, she felt something that she had never felt before. And she just kept coming back. A few weeks went by. We took our group to a sectional rally. And it was at that place that Caitlin began to cry. Caitlin began to feel the almighty power of God's presence moving in that place. She began to cry. She began to ask God to touch her life. See, you, you have to understand that for many years up to this point that Caitlin had suffered very seriously an eating disorder that was compromising her health at a very accelerated rate. She looked healthy, but her inside, she was about the most unhealthy person that you could ever be because of this eating disorder. And it was at that service, at that sectional rally, as she just opened up her life to be changed by God, as she began to pray, she felt something in her life. And in one simple moment, Caitlin later told Allison and I, you know what, at Back to the Battlefield in Talmadge, Ohio, when I began to pray, God completely healed me of that sickness, of that eating disorder. I have not even felt the urge to purge. I've never even felt the need to go back to that thing that dominated my life. Shortly after, of course, Caitlin knew that there was something different and Caitlin understood that God had more for her life. And after a Wednesday night Bible study, a place that we just simply teach, we don't have crazy dynamic worship, but after that Bible study on that Wednesday night, she walked out the doors of Apostolic Church, she sat in her car and she began to pray. And in just a moment, God filled her with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And now Caitlin stands to be a faithful student of Net Student Ministries. She contributes at the church constantly. She's involved in student ministry. She's witnessing to her family, to her friends. Caitlin, because of a guy in our youth group that typically would never do something like this because Perry was a light to Caitlin. Because he made it simple on himself to know that it was his responsibility to reach Caitlin the very complex things that Caitlin was dealing with. God made them simple. And she was able to overcome. She was able to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. She's able to contribute to the kingdom of God. Even though a year ago she would have said, there's no way I'll do anything for God. Caitlin now stands to do great things and she's fulfilling the call of God in her life because she understands in Luke chapter 18, verse 27, that the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Things that you are saying in your mind right now, I don't think that I can do it. God wants to let you know right now that if you have a little bit of increase in your faith, if you have just a little boost in your confidence tonight, if you understand that God has something greater for you, that through the Bible study that you're going to start this coming year, that there will be countless that come, they hear the word, they hear truth, that are saved, 
simply because we understand that God makes it very simple for us to contribute to the kingdom of God. There's nothing special that you've got to do. There's, there's no process, exact process that you have to accomplish. You just have to hear the command of God's voice and just yield yourself to God and say, no matter what, I'm going to fulfill the will of God in my life. Right now, I want every student to move out of your pew. I want you to come down to this altar and we're going to begin to pray and ask that God would make things very simple and very clear in our lives tonight. God wants you to look past all of the things that you think have to happen first because God, even though at a young age what you are tonight, God has something for you tonight. Tonight if you're here and if you haven't been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, God wants to make it very simple for you tonight that you can receive the gift that will empower you to fulfill the will and the call in God's life right now. Come on every junior higher in this place. Let's lift our hands. Let's begin to pray. Let's begin to understand that God has something for us tonight. That God wants to look past all of the complex things in our life. And God wants to anoint us right now. And God wants to speak through you, to use you to bring a great revival to your church. Come on, let's pray junior hires as they begin to worship in Jesus' name.